The following is a Spirit Street production. You've discovered your link to the Power Cap Podcast, presented by Fridge Wholesale Liquor. It's the Power Cap Podcast. And now, let's go to the Spirit Street Studios. Here's your host, Go Power Cat publisher, Tim Fitzgerald. Welcome to another summer edition of the Power Cat Podcast. You bring the questions, we deliver the answers. As long as you've got questions, we will try to have answers. I don't know if we do or don't, but we're here for another round. Tim Fitzgerald, Riley Gates, and our glorious MC Zach Carlson, here in the WTC Gig Pirate Studios. You didn't have to read it. Yeah. You know what's weird is Zach's been doing the podcast for how long now? A long time. Marcus hasn't been on in a while, and yet every time he starts that introduction, I still think he's going to say Marcus Watts because it always kind of rolled off the tongue. And Marcus Watts. Yeah, that. We are sponsored by Fridge Wholesale Liquor. Get into the fridge for your summer drinking needs. I discovered... Longboard, which is not a big discovery, but a very fine beer that I thought was made in Hawaii. It's actually made in Hawaii, but they don't have bottling on the islands. So I buy Longboard in Hawaii in bottles, and it's bottled in Fort Collins, Colorado. How do they get it there? Just Magic. <laughs> they just brew it two different Pipeline. places. Yeah. They have an underground pipeline that goes yeah. all the way to Colorado. Yeah, it's brewed multiple places. Uh, all the kegs and everything come out of Hawaii, but no canning or bottling in Hawaii. Is that like a law? No, I just think it's space, probably. Okay. The uh, cost to put in a facility with real estate probably didn't make sense. But anyhow, it was delicious, and now I have another favorite beer. That, guys, is not from Mexico. I know. I know. Me and my Mexican beers. That's right. I forgot you don't like normal beer. I don't really like normal beer. Well, that's why when you start drinking vodka at 2 in the afternoon, you go to bed pretty quickly. Exactly. <laughs> we are sponsored by The Fridge, as I said. And this segment is brought to you by Tanners. They get all of their liquor from The Fridge. Why don't you do the same? Get on down to Tanners. Great place to watch a little baseball, a little soccer, a little... What else we got going right now? Golf. Yeah, Golf. U.S. Open's next week. Oh, yeah. That's good. Pretty hype about that. You'll be there, won't you? I will be there on Thursday. Sh- shirtless? No. Yelling tiger? I'm not wearing a tiger jumpsuit. Are you wearing a your uh, your tiger, your Frank shirt? I thought about it. I'll probably wear a polo. Don't be those. Yeah, be a... I'll, I'll wear a polo. A I'll proper... wear my tiger hat, though. Okay. Yeah. Now, when you say your tiger hat, you mean Tiger Woods or like yeah. actually a tiger? Like, no, it's not a tiger. Your flaps. It's got a logo. Okay. Makes sense. This is the PowerCat Podcast. Hey, big changes are coming for the PowerCat Podcast. We are now going to be part of the 24-7 Sports Podcast Network, a new thing coming down the road very quickly. We will be moving to a new platform, and we are in the process of doing that. Uh, We have a new logo coming that 24-7 designed for us, and I'd like to say I like it. It's nice. It's better than what I could do. You know what's funny, too, is we could sit here and mull over that for two, three days, you know. God, we need a new logo, need a new logo, need a new logo. What can we do? And I still think that's probably better than what we would have. Not that we would have come up with something bad, but 
It's a pretty slick logo. It is a nice logo, and it's almost like you needed someone uh, from the outside to just kind of take a look at Kansas State, colors, marks, you know, all the stuff that jumps out at them as a unbiased, disconnected observer, and then say, hey, this is what I came up with, and you go, well, that, that was pretty simple, but I wouldn't have gotten there. It's nice. It's clean. It's very clean and very recognizable, and it'll last us for years as we move into the new world of being on a network, and it's going to be a really cool network. I'm, I'm excited to announce all the different things that it'll bring to the table for us, and certainly a lot more exposure for us and other podcasts around the network. Uh, keep a heads up uh, for more details on that, and here are more details on this. It's questions from Wabash Station with Zach Carlson. Here no idea where you were going with that. <laughs> Let me lead that in. And our first question is from Infected Testicle. Nice. Um, I know Zuber probably didn't have Kleiman's offensive system down yet, but do you think Mississippi State picked him up for insight into the offense? I think they picked him up because he can help them in many ways. But I don't think that's a stupid thought behind it. When my dad, my dad said that to me this weekend, and I was like, you know what? I don't I don't know that that's not a good reason why it happened. I don't I don't think it's the reason, but I certainly don't think it hurts. I think it goes the other way. I think Zuber wanted to play for Mississippi State to play against Kansas State. I think he's left with ill feelings that he wasn't given a proper shot, uh, but that went up in smoke, so to speak. But why would you like they don't even first off, they don't have a returning quarterback. Second off, they don't throw the ball that much. Maybe it was the best offer he had. It was the only offer he had. You know, this portal thing is very intriguing because now we know who all is wanting to transfer and what basketball has 700 players in the portal. It's insane. I didn't know there were 700 players in college basketball. It goes down to D3, I think. But uh, they're now stuck in the portal. A lot of those players don't have any place to go. So I think Zuber took the best quick option he had. And uh, Mississippi State it is. So K-State will now play against two former players who have grad transferred out of the program. Of course, Alex Delton's at TCU. Debatable if Alex Delton will play this year when they True. already had a quarterback battle and then they go add a very talented quarterback that's going to be eligible immediately probably. They're going to be all right. Yeah. But uh, they'll just say that uh, Zuber made an interesting choice, but it gets him closer to home in Stone, Stone Mountain, Georgia. Is Mississippi State that close? How far is it? Yeah. Starkville to Stone Mountain. Closer than Manhattan, Kansas. Manhattan, Kansas. It's two states away. Well, state, there's Alabama in between them. You're probably right. It is oh, 306 miles. So that's the thing about the SEC. Everything is right there. Mm-hmm. You could bus if you needed to. I mean, it's incredible. Before they expanded, covering games was so easy in the SEC. You could drive everywhere. Basically, their their longest drive was probably shorter than one of our more common drives, which would be down to, you know, Baylor, somewhere down in Lubbock. There. Lubbock, God help us. Austin is not a short one at all. At it's all. probably like Baton Rouge to Gainesville. Yeah. And, I, and now it's Columbia. And you, know what, <laughs> and you know what you have when you go uh, or don't have anytime you go Baton Rouge to Gainesville? Icy roads. You never have that. You might have an alligator. 
but might have a lot of alligators. Might have a hurricane or a tsunami or something like that. You know, worse than icy roads. (laughs) Game canceled due to tsunami. Seems valid. Something never said in Kansas. I don't think it's ever been said. (laughs) (laughs) Point. From Herdez Joe, how is Zuber eligible to transfer and play immediately if he was questionable here with academic eligibility? Because he wasn't questionable with academic eligibility. He was questionable with team rules and things you're not supposed to do. And I'm told it was the same thing with Dominic Heath now. I was informed that. That both of them have not been able to stay away from a certain substance. There's a pattern here. So, um, you know, that won't follow him. He'll get a clean slate at his next stop. And, uh, you know, it's just a case where he couldn't follow the rules, probably wasn't going to be eligible for the season, at least half the season, and said, heck with that, I'm going to transfer. So eligible quote-unquote, is probably not... When you guys hear eligible, you're thinking suspended on, you know, academics. This is what he has, you know. Eligible is the proper word, yet it's also not the right word to yeah. use here. He's just would have been suspended. From He, he did graduate. He, he is a graduate transfer. From Cat in a Trap, can you talk about the hole in the transfer rules that allow kids to transfer without consequences after they have broken rules at their original schools? Not trying to handcuff kids, but it seems like uh, the only one losing is the institutions who enforce the rules. Yeah, I mean, but it's, and I agree with that to an extent, but it's tough to sit here and be the NCAA and say, okay, well, you broke that rule, and it's not technically a you know, it might not be as strictly enforced here as it's strictly enforced there. You know, it's kind of a lot of back and forth. Where do you draw that bar? And almost like every single case is is its own battle, you know? I I think this is a case where, you know, I'm, he graduated from his institution. And like I've always said, I think he is free of that institution if he chooses to do so. I mean, his obligation to graduate is done, has one more year of eligibility. I think he can be his own man. I agree that it's odd that you can get yourself in a situation where you won't be able to play because of violation of team rules and, quite honestly, um, the law, if you want to look at it that way, uh, and then be eligible somewhere else. But he's going to the SEC, so probably he's going to be eligible no matter what. Also could have gone to the Pac-12, <laughs> perhaps. From Purple Cheese, what's your prediction on the type of stat line for Skylar Thompson that will be considered good with the new offense? Yikes. Hmm. That's a good question. That's an in-depth question. Well, for me, for Skylar, I think it's it's more about, I mean, I'm not, I'm not going to get into yardage because I'm not real sure where that's going to take us. It's hard to guess that in this off, not knowing the offense, not knowing the receivers, not knowing how productive the offense as a whole will be. That yardage is tough to pick up. I want to see him over sixty percent completions. I want to see that you know make good decisions and get interceptions down because he had a tendency to throw into traffic when he get a little troubled. So I want to see you know that 
turnover ratio drop quite a bit and his completion percentage go up. He needs to settle into multiple reads, be able to survey a defense a little bit better. I think this offense suits him. I think he's comfortable in it, and I think he knows what the coaches want from him. So if he has the running game to complement his passing, he's got enough receivers. I know they've, they've lost Zuber on the horizons in question. He's going to have guys to catch the ball, but will he have the running game to complement that? Well, and he's such a tough quarterback to figure out because I wouldn't consider him a 300-yard a game quarterback, I wouldn't consider K-State's offense to be a 300-yard passing per game. But he has the ability to throw for 300 if he, you know, if he had a great day. I would probably say I would like to see him at least 150 or better every single game. You know, I don't think 110 is really going to win you a whole lot of football games, no matter how good your running game is. So somewhere in there, if you look at me for me to put a a yardage number on it, but that's just my opinion. From Canelio, what are the chances of our 2020 squad starting two JUCO transfers at offensive tackle spots? They got to get them first. <laughs> possible, possible. I think they're just trying to up the competition. And, you know, it. Uh, they've got some young guys in the program they like. Uh, we'll see if you know everyone develops, but you know that's one of the spots where they'll go out and hit the JUCO ranks, get a mature body. And, you know, someone who's proven they can play. I'm always worried about Juco offensive linemen. I'm a little reluctant on them. K-State hasn't exactly had great experiences recently. Well, they're they're typically not great experiences. One, they ended up in junior college, uh, most likely for academic eligibility. Once in a while, it's something different, like Ryan Lilja, who was a legitimate NFL guy who just had his offers dry up now. I mean, nowadays, if he went through recruiting process, he'd have all kinds of offers despite being kicked off of his high school team for nonsense. Um, and then, uh, you know, they at the JUCO level, they just go against inconsistent players, talent level, effort all around. It's just, it's a, I think it's a hard measurement to make. High school is difficult too, but at least you get them in camps where you can see them against other good players. Juco, I'm a little wishy-washy on. Uh, there's, and you know, if it's not academics, it was physical. They're not quick enough, which we I think we've seen from Juco guys. So I I don't know. I, it's very possible, uh, but uh, they uh, they're going to need to retool that offensive line. At least they have a good one for 2019. I want to worry about that right now. Yeah, let's let's see what they do at the line this year, and then we can start worrying about next year's. It's, I'm worried about 2028 and the recruits that are currently in grade school. Well, you know, got to prep, right. got to prep for that yeah. game against Colorado with the head coach that isn't the head coach yet. You know, and yeah. Rutgers and Rutgers, yeah. Boy, my goodness! If There's, we have to go to New Jersey. It's not just New Jersey. It's Piscataway. How expensive will it be for us? Not to that go? bad. You fly really? to Philly. Okay. You can probably get. I think you can get direct to Kansas City, yep. Philly. I've never been to Pennsylvania. At least before. right now. Well, yeah. I guess I have. I guess we were there. We were there. Yeah. I, look, Pittsburgh. I, when I think Pittsburgh, I don't think Pennsylvania because Pennsylvania sucks. I think West Virginia. <laughs> <laughs> I was in West Virginia the whole time. Pittsburgh, West Virginia. Uh, many. Times on Twitter, my friend Howard Richmond, who used to be the uh, beat writer Kansas City, and I exchange Delaware jokes because that <laughs> that relates to a trip to Piscataway for basketball, and we stopped there and 
uh, talked to Greg Shiano about football a little bit, and then we covered a basketball game, but we stayed in Philly. And there's a point when you get on the highway leaving Philly, and there is a fork in the road. And the sign says, to the left, Delaware. To the right, New Jersey. Never has there been a choice I wanted less to make than that. <laughs> Zach, we could do our northeastern swing that we didn't get to do this past year. Knock off all those states. We, we thought about Delaware for a split second and realized we're not even sure Delaware exists. We regret not taking a second to go to Delaware, put our feet on the ground, and then head to New Jersey. What if Delaware doesn't exist? Has anyone ever been to Delaware? Why are we crapping on Delaware so hard when Rhode Island is a more is more of a joke? I've been to Rhode Island. It's not an island. It looks like an island. You know how hard it is to get to Delaware? I don't think it exists either. <laughs> well, we flew into Columbus, Ohio, <laughs> and we drove. Uh, Howard, I pledge to you right now, if I cover that game at Rutgers, I will go to Delaware. <laughs> Gonna cover the game at Rutgers, anyways. I haven't. How far out is that? Twenty thirty one. It's at least ten years away. <laughs> Howard, heck with that. I'm not doing it, man. <laughs> From Sgo Cats, if the Cats win eight games and win a bowl game, what do you rate the success of the year on a scale of one to ten? Ten being near perfect turnaround, one being we got lucky in the games we should have lost. <laughs> <laughs> Why are you picking out the Texas and Oklahoma games like that? Uh, eight? I mean, a near perfect would be near would be perfect. Well, like they come in and you and said, well, Nia said near perfect turnaround. They 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 win the national championship. Yeah. That, that that's how I go get to a ten. <laughs> no, but you're right. I mean, in terms of turnarounds, turn in terms of what's realistic, I think that would be a ten, don't you? <laughs> Yeah. I mean, uh, I do expect, what was it? Eight wins, nine wins? Eight wins. Eight wins plus a bowl game. Nine wins total. If you go nine and f- four. Yeah. Like that 2016 season. Yeah, it's, it's a pretty damn good year. Um, I don't know if I want to put 10 on it. I, I think maybe getting the double digit wins would get the 10 for me. Yeah. So maybe an eight to a nine. Yeah. I'm, I'm with cool. you. I'm with you. You'd take an eight or a nine. True. Okay. I'm just I'm picturing. <laughs> now I can't, I can't stop laughing about this now. K-State wins the national championship, and Kleiman just walks up to the podium, and he's, why do you guys make this harder than it has to be? Because <laughs> he just wins them every single year. Now here's K-State coach Chris Kleiman. Told you, bitches. <laughs> <laughs> Comes back with a grill and just a bunch of change. Is like, what's up, guys? <laughs> All the rings. Last question of the first half from K Ned. If two and two, if K State's two and two after Oklahoma State, uh, how important is the Baylor game at home for team chemistry? Two, well, if they're two and two after Oklahoma State, I'm guessing. I'm guessing he's meaning they're losing to Mississippi State and Oklahoma State. Let's hope. and not Nichols or Bowling Green. Which one would you rather? Would you rather lose the two big ones and win the two easy ones, or would you rather win like one of the big ones, one of the easy ones, and then lose one of the easy ones and one of the big ones? Well, I hope they beat Nichols. Yeah. And then I'd probably take Mississippi State if you're going that. If you have to pick one and one. Yeah, it's kind of fun. Um, 
I don't know. I mean, look, they're they're not supposed to win that Mississippi State game. Nobody's going to expect them to. And I don't think it's going to have a rattling of team continuity if they don't. And then you're going on the road to Oklahoma State, which I guess they're a questionable team right now. They kind of got to replace some things. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, they can win it. Should they? I don't know. Way too early to know. I, four games into the year, two losses kind of seems, yeah, it's not great. You haven't beaten anybody of quality yet, but also I don't know if I'm willing to say that the team chemistry is going to go down. I think Baylor is a good measuring stick. That, that's a home game. You should win it. Uh, and yet Matt Rue will be in season three. He had a major issue in season one and went to a bowl last year, so they feel like they're going in the right direction, that they have some momentum. Can you steal that momentum and, and put it in your back pocket? Uh, I think it will be big if they're 2-2. Two and two. You can't be 2-2 two and two and then lose to Baylor at home. Right. You're in big trouble at that point. Yeah, yeah. I, the team chemistry part was just kind of throwing me for a loop. No, I, I think they'll... They'll be. I think chemistry will be fine. I mean, I don't think they'll be two and two at that point. Ooh, who are they going to beat there? They'll be zero and four. No, <laughs> <laughs> a shocking prediction from Riley Gates. No, I don't know. I think they'll be three and one. Well, I don't put. But anything. which one do I think they'll win? I, I, you mean lose? No, win of the two hard ones. Oh, yeah. Okay, same thing. Yeah, <laughs> same thing. Opposite answer. Um, no, I, I, no matter what the context is, I think winning at home against Baylor is important for Chris Kleiman in season one. I really do. And a shout-out to K-Ned for an incredible series of things he's doing of his top K-State memories. They're like articles. I, I want to put them on the front page. I just haven't been able to because we've got some pretty good content flowing through the front page right now. Yeah, thanks, Bill Snyder. Talking to ESPN today. Yeah, uh... Let's talk about that before we go to break. Okay. I thought that was, uh, you know, we've kind of given him space. Uh, we've discussed this quite a bit around the office. Do we track him down and set up our own interview? I, I kind of felt like I just wanted to give him space. If he wanted to talk to the collegian, okay. If, if you want to talk to anyone, okay. Uh, I just didn't feel like our timing was quite right to talk to him. I wanted I kind of want things to soak in a little bit. We've talked about trying to have him on a, a power chat. We still might revisit that um, if we ever have one. <laughs> We're getting closer. We will have one. Okay. Um, so I, I thought it was intriguing. He alluded to the fact that it wasn't his choice. But also at the same time kind of made it known, even if it wasn't my choice, it was that was some BS, you know. Yeah. Yeah, I I find it odd how blunt he was about things. Yeah. The the what do you want to call it? The mask, I don't know. The cover or the uh the guard, there we go. The guard of Bill Snyder is now down with the media. I don't think he cares. Which will make him a good interview. <laughs> but I he might come in here and rip us. Yeah, well, that'd be <laughs> fine. That'd be fine. Uh, I yeah, I, I wanted someone else kind of to pop that cork and kind of get it rolling. and um, So now it's out there. If you haven't read it, Riley threw up a story kind of recapping it, linking the story, I assume. Yes, I like it. And uh, you can read that over at ESPN, which was posted this morning, but it was dated five days ago. So apparently, 
I freaked out. I'm like, how did we miss Bill Snyder speaking to the media? Apparently, the story was not on Snyder time. He showed up four days late. It's not great. Well, that's it for the first half of the Power Cap podcast, sponsored by Fritz Wholesale Liquor. We'll be back on the other side of this. We actually have a second half this week. Yeah. I mean, it's not super long, but we have one. Okay. Well, many times you've said that to people. We'll be right back. The gang will return with more of the Power Cap Podcast. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Back to Fitz of the Power Camp Podcast, sponsored by Fridge Wholesale Liquor. Welcome back to the Power Cat Podcast here from the WTC Gig Powered Studios in downtown Manhattan, where we're not flooding. Looks like it's going back a little bit. It's going to rain today, I heard. It's supposed Tonight. to rain the next couple of days. Well, I think they've backed off even from that. Really? We're good. looking pretty I need, good. I need some free water. How? Like... I don't. I definitely don't want it to flood. Like, let me clarify that. But how funny will it be if everybody panics and they have evacuation notice and all this stuff, and then we're just like, "Oh, never mind, our bad." I think it's incredible how they took it literally to the brink, yeah. and they're like, "All right, all the water out now through the tubes," and they lowered it. Incredible. I mean, it's, it was inches. It was like two inches. Think about that. Think about a swimming pool being two inches from the top. Out, you know. Yeah. And but it's not a swimming pool. It's a giant reservoir. That's incredible. Yeah, there's that Twitter page that like updates. It's like ah, flooding updates yeah. or whatever. And they're like capacity one percent. And I'm like, well, that's not a good number. I think it actually did go all the way down to zero, or they said it was did zero. It? Yeah. Oh, dang, I never saw that. They couldn't take any more. So, good for that. We didn't have a flood. Although we found out this building wasn't in the flood in 93, I think. Yeah, because the dam's here. Hot dam! Yeah, go down to AJ's and see the 51 flood line. No, thanks. Okay. This is the Powercat Podcast, sponsored by Fridge Wholesale Liquor. And our second segment is sponsored by our good friends down at the high-low. We ate there a couple weeks ago, didn't we? Was that pre-vacation for me? It was, right? No. No, it was just it was last week. It was last week. It's all a blur. <laughs> Summer's got, going so fast. We got kind of stuck in there, literally right as we walked. Like, it was starting to rain a little harder when we parked. I'm like, oh, this is not good. We shut the door to the high-low, and it just poured. There was some guy getting to go food and he's like, Mom, I was a lead here. <laughs> it just let loose. Here we go. Your questions from Wabash Station in the second half of the PowerCat podcast. Here's Zach. From KNED, are there any concerns about the fact Coach Kleiman has yet to build a program but rather only inherited a winner? 
No, because you don't like. You can play the he won. Uh, you know, other people's players, the winning culture, whatever. You can play that card for a coach that is in his first year doing it. You know, he wins his first national title. Um, you know, Bruce Weber goes to the national championship with Illinois. Whatever coach you want to use as an example, the first year you can play that card. He did it for five years. He won four national championships in five years. Yeah, he, he took over a good program. I mean, he took over probably – it was the best program – at that level, and turned it into just a dominant powerhouse. So he elevated a great program. It, it was remarkable what he did. I kind of actually agree with him. I mean, this is a little bit uncharted. You, you already had a winning culture in place. They were coming off great success at North Dakota State. The players knew what it took to get it done. Not saying there isn't a winning culture at Kansas State. I'm not saying there isn't an understanding of what it takes. Uh, but man, when you when you've got that championship vibe about you, it's something you can't coach. It's just there for your team. So I kind of agree with it. And he's he's now in a position where he's going to have to go out and find a bunch of players and and set a new culture that he expects at a different school. So mm-hmm. it'll be intriguing to see how quickly he can get it done. But he's not just going to go from this. No, he's not going to win four national championships in five years, but he's not going to go from a good football coach to just suddenly forgetting how to coach the game and, and recruit and everything simply because he he isn't at a quote-unquote winning program like North Dakota State. You don't lose that. I The only time I'll be really upset with him in season one if he decides that it's the Kansas State Wildcats. Starts... <laughs> Pronouncing all the S's and Z's, I'm not going to be happy. No, it's Kansas, Kansas State. <laughs> Try saying that one one time fast. <laughs> also from KNAD at North Dakota State, it was a winning situation with players already having tasted some D1 rejection, humble pie, and a chip on their shoulder. Is the D1 has always been a great player, the biggest adjustment for Coach Kleiman. Look, look at the guys he's committed, getting to commit right now, though. Like, I understand the concern, but he's he's got these, you know, uh, Sam Childs. He picked up a kid from Gardner Edgerton, what, two days ago? Yesterday? Whatever day that was. It's going to be this, you know, these kids aren't suddenly these four-star elite players. I mean, there weren't many schools that wanted the t- a few of these kids that have committed for 2020 yet. I mean, I think they still have that quote-unquote chip on their shoulder that a lot of K-State players have had over the years that K-State loved to, for lack of a better term, flaunt around there. Oh, nobody wanted us. We'll prove it here. So, it's. I mean, it's not going to be the same thing because FCSD1 is, is a whole different level of that, but it's it's along the same lines, I think. Um, now, I don't think he's intentionally recruiting that way just so he can get a bunch of people that are mad they didn't get quote you know proper recognition um but it certainly looks like he's gonna still recruit players that can kind of come in with that that edge or or wanting to prove people wrong so i'm intrigued by his recruiting yeah i'm i'm intrigued i want to see where this is going i'm going to give him plenty of rope here Uh, I, i think he's taken some chances that i find a little surprising i thought he'd recruit at a higher level I guess if you were 
a pessimist. You would think he's trying to put together North Dakota State and bring it to Kansas State by recruiting all the same players. I don't know if that's fair or not. Um, I I think maybe his greatest miscalculation could be, I'm not saying it is, could be the fact that they had so much success in one game a year against Power 5 teams, he thinks that means you can have that success week in and week out. The, the attrition from playing a Big 12 schedule I think is going to surprise him. I think the wear and tear it'll take on the team physically and the coaches and players mentally will surprise him. They were so much better than everyone else at the FCS level that South Dakota State was a challenge and a game or two in the playoffs were a challenge. But for the most part, you're you're kicking butt and taking names because you're just far superior than everyone else. And there's kind of a, a, a mental leisure that comes with that, that you only have to get up three, four times, and you'll, you know, you get jacked for that one big non-conference game. We're going to prove something here, and you're good enough to do it. I think the biggest statement for him would be to being able to convince his Kansas State team of that same mentality as they head to Mississippi State and get that done. If they go to Mississippi State and win, I'm going to say, okay, I'm buying. I'm buying here. He knows, he knows how to prepare his team. But that attrition over the Big Twelve, I think, one year from now when he's on the Cat Backer tour, he's going to say that that was more than what we expected. But we're ready now. From Purple Cheese, buy or sell. After one year with Kleiman, will he be considered a good hire? Can't do that. Can't. Yeah, one year's not enough. I mean, Matt Rule was a horrible hire, wasn't he, at Baylor? Now. Then he goes to the Bull. There will be a general consensus, a general opinion, because people love to make opinions. When they don't beat Nickel State by 35, 40 points, people will be upset, I'm sure. But to make an, a true educated opinion, I think you have to give them – you have to give them at least a full year So uh, of – you know, cycle. So, you know, end of the game, end of the final game of this season to the start of next season, being 2020. That's that's his first real year, you know, because he came in late and he got started late and he had to recruit. And, oh, yeah, by the way, spring football is coming around the corner. So you got to give him time, I think. I think after 2020 you can start to make – um, a, a good opinion, you know, was this good hire? Was this a bad hire? Unless he goes on twelve next year or twelve and zero, then you can have a good opinion. I think. Yeah, I think it's dangerous to make too quick an evaluation. It really is. I mean, some people wanted him gone the second he was hired. Um, I just let this play out. I mean, I. I found that thread by the way the other day. With our, with our story that said Kleiman was hired. <laughs> Hilarious. <laughs> I'm not calling anybody out because I think a lot of us were like that, but it just it's very funny to see how the how quickly it turned. Uh, he's he's convincing. You know, he really is. A couple basketball questions to end the half uh, from Purple Cheese. Does Sneed have it in him to be the guy next season? And does Cardi Can we talk about Xavier Sneed legitimately almost went to the NBA this year. He did. Well, you know what's 
intriguing about college basketball right now. There seems to be a movement by these fringe players, such as X, to declare for the draft, even if they know they're probably not going to be drafted, and just move into professional basketball at some level that you can learn your craft in Europe and then come back to the NBA. I think this new rule of being able to hire an agent and that not automatically making you a pro, I think college is going to regret that because now you have above table an agent in your ear who has everything to gain by getting you to go. And see, here's the problem is if you're a legitimate big-time agent that represents the Zions of the world, you're not going to tell Xavier Sneed to go. But if you're a guy trying to build your portfolio, you're going to tell everyone to go because you're going to play the numbers game. I got 10 guys. If one of these hits, then I'm the agent of, of the guy from San Diego State who all of a sudden becomes a star in the NBA. You know, I, I, I now have that in my, you know, I can go to the, then I can go to a higher level player the next time. So these, these agents are driven by um, their own motives to tell guys, yeah, you're ready. You can go. We can get you a job somewhere. You can play. You might end up in the NBA. Um, but you should get the money now. Get the money now. Get it right now. This is a season you can't have back. Get the money now. So you've got this going on in their ears, and, and I don't think that's good for college basketball. I don't think one and done's good, um, and I'm I'm real fearful that uh, have, being able to hire an agent is simply exposing these players to, to people who really do not have their best interests at hand, and I'm glad Xavier came back because I think he has a lot to gain, a lot to prove, and he can do that. And, yes, I do think he can be a star. I think he can be all Big 12. I think he can be a first-team player if he really gets after it and improves the game in the way that we've mentioned. Better shooter, better off the dribble drive, and be more of a shutdown defender. He does those things. He'll be first-team. I legitimately believe one NBA team went to him and said, we're not going to take you in the draft. You know, we only get two picks. You're not a, you're obviously not a first rounder, and we don't think you're quite good enough to be a second rounder yet. But if you come out, we're going to find a spot for you on the summer league team. We're going to give you every chance in the world to make the roster because making the roster as a free agent is equivalently equivalent equivalent to excuse me making the team as a second round draft pick. Those aren't guaranteed contracts. I mean, they said, and if that doesn't work out, you know, you go to the Go down to the G League. Look at Rodney Magruder from your own school. He did that and made yep. it, and he started to think about it. That's what I think happened because you wouldn't take it down to 6 p.m. before the 11 p.m. deadline if you weren't strongly considering it, if you didn't get some sort of feedback that said, I can do this. I think he would have been back a day or two earlier or even that morning at the latest if he if he knew forever. So I think he made that decision with only you know probably midway to late in the day. But both players that were the last one, Sneed and then the other one, they were represented by the same guy. I, so, didn't, I didn't know who that was. I don't know Full who his disclosure. agent is, but I'm pretty sure that I saw a tweet that said the only two that hadn't made a decision one way or the other that went to the 11th hour was represented by the same guy. Interesting. I didn't know that. I kind of felt like it was uh, a college student being at Aggieville at 7 p.m. and the papers due at 11. <laughs> I got stuff to do, but I'll have another one. Just put it off to the last second. Last second. Play play chicken with your future. I'm glad he's back. I think he has a lot to prove and I think 
without him, Kansas State was in big trouble. And with him, they, they have an ability to accomplish something. But now it's his team. Right? As Michael Goins wrote, a really nice analysis piece. Now it's truly his team. Go. Here you go. Got a lot to prove. You don't have anyone to lean on. They're leaning on you. We'll see what X has in his tank. Last question of the second half from Herdez Joe. How do you think this basketball staff is going to perform? Uh, if I'm if I'm not mistaken, he said both in recruiting and on the floor. Yeah. Um, you know, I think on the floor it's not a drastic change. No. I mean, I think Chester coached. I don't think he did. I think Chester's strength was individual coaching. Yeah. Not game prep. Scouting. Maybe I'm wrong, but that's just my view from the outside. So, I mean, I don't think the on-the-floor stuff changes all that much. I mean, what what you've seen in the last seven years is what you're going to get. Um, and, I, I mean, I think Henderson – I'm not saying Henderson is a a bad coach. I just don't know as if he adds tons of on – you know, oh, look what they're doing differently now that they have Henderson in a coaching role. You I know? think they'll be better coaching-wise, actually, with him. I'm worried about recruiting-wise. That's where I was going yeah. next. The recruiting is is an interesting one because I don't know. I just don't know who he. I just don't know who Jermaine Henderson is connected well with. I don't know. I mean, I know his region, but I don't know. You know who who does he know there that's going to give him an edge? Does he know someone there that's going to give him an edge on the prospects in his region? Um, is he going to? own his region or will they bounce it around to to different coaches you know there's a lot of questions yet to be to be answered it's like someone was trying to tell me it's like oh well brad corn was the one that landed montavious murphy he he recruits texas and well he may have been the main recruiter but everybody helped recruit him i mean it's not like he recruited him by himself so i we did, we need to wait and see on the recruiting honestly i mean it's it's just too early to to know if henderson is making a push in for recruits, or if he's just if he isn't doing a whole lot, we we don't won't know that yet for probably until they start landing some twenty twenty kids. That was Riley Gates, the MC of this endeavor. Is As always he's trying to cough out Zach something from his throat. You're fine, man. You're fine. Yeah. It's a summer podcast. They'll take a little hacking. Sound like I was going through puberty. But wonder what that'll be like. I know. I was going to say when when does that happen. <laughs> This is the Powercat Podcast. I am Tim Fitzgerald. We are sponsored by Fridge Wholesale Liquor. Get into the fridge there at the corner of that and this. Can we put that sign up at the corner of West Loop and Claflin? I think it's illegal to add your own hey, street hey, signs. Hey, they have a digital board. What if they put it in their scroll through? This is right, the corner so of whatever. Someone, If someone from the fridge is listening and you're going to do this, you have to take a picture or at least let us know roughly when it's going to be because you can't expect us to just sit in the parking lot all day and wait. No, it'd be like, you know, every minute or so. I, I, have, a, I have a confession. Kylie's <laughs> contact just fell out. <laughs> what the heck? I, I do sit in the first parking lot all, all day. Can we get a sign that just says, Fitz shops here? <laughs> yes. We'll be back with the overtime. It's going to get worse, folks. The gang will return with more of the Power Camp Podcast. Hey, it's 
Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Back to Fitz of the Power Camp Podcast, sponsored by Fridge Wholesale Liquor. Welcome back to the Power Cat Podcast. We're heading into the overtime. First half's done. Second half's done. A little bit shorter. It's the summer. You've got a less attention scale. So do we. Got stuff to do. Yeah, do have some things to do. Um, and uh, then we get to the overtime. The overtime is whatever you want to ask us, we will answer it. I think this is something, Zach, we need to take to the uh, Power Chat. Have a quick overtime with every guest. We could. I think we'll do that. But see, here's my problem is I'd love to have the questions come from Wabash Station, but I also don't want to give away who we're talking to. We could give it strong hints indicating who it might be without saying it. Or we could pick one poster a week or per power chat and secretly tell them. That is actually a really good idea. I'm full of good ideas. have, Have someone pick someone every... And then they leak it. Ooh, we gotta trust people. So Fritchin has to make up the (laughs) non-disclosures for everyone. NDAs. This is just like the finale of Game of Thrones. You cannot give away the fact that we have a high jumper on the the power chat. I thought you were about to give away the Game of Thrones ending there. Which at this point, I guess if you haven't seen it, you've lost the right to to have it. It ends, but it doesn't end. It's like someone someone once was a God, what movie was it? Uh, oh, a few good men. Someone was like, oh, I haven't seen that movie. I'm like, it's old as hell. I mean, you've lost the right to call spoiler on that movie, right? You know, I I watched the uh, finale, and then the next week they had a documentary on the last season called The Final Watch, mm-hmm. and it was really good. But everyone's like, this has been a great experience. This is. I'm going to miss this, his family, da 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 And it's like, you watch the ending of the show, and it's like, well, you didn't really end it. You just kind of said, this period is done. Now we're moving into something different. Man. Ready for the sequel. All the 30 spinoffs. Yeah, that's what they're working on. Speaking of spinoffs, we will have more podcasts this fall. We're working on the details of that. Working on some ideas, maybe making them more plentiful and a little bit shorter. For example, maybe we'll just take the overtime and pluck it out of this show and make it something for Friday. And have some fun with it. And maybe put the bells and whistles back in. Bang! (laughs) We don't need the bells and whistles right now. We're sponsored by The Fridge, and that is all you should need in your life. Get into The Fridge. Don't ask for Die Hard on VHS. They're on to the joke. They finally figured it out. I had to explain it. 
they have figured out that they're a former blockbuster, so we were asking for uh, a blockbuster-type movie. But they were a video store, so maybe you can ask them for the uh, the secret back room behind the curtains. They could put that up on their board. We don't have a back room. <laughs> Fitz, please stop telling people we have things that we don't. <laughs> can, I, can I see the liquor that's in the back room that you don't want people to know you're looking at? Sir, we don't have a back room. Oh, you're all right. Okay. Wink, wink. Okay, now can I see it? Now that I know that you've denied publicly that you have a back room <laughs> filled with things that uh, most people don't want to see. Go yeah, on. come here. Go on. <laughs> Do you got any uh, foot-flavored vodka? What? <laughs> what? Sir, you're going to have to leave now. <laughs> I just want to go on the record and say the fridge does not sell foot-flavored liquor. Please continue to support the fridge. They do not have foot-flavored liquor. Do you, do you have any whiskey that comes with a paddle? What, sir, please leave. Let's ask the questions. Go, Zach. Help From me out here. Go, Cats. If there becomes an online game that becomes as nationwide watchable like normal sports, or more so, why is it Rocket League? And why would it be something else? Time out. What's Rocket League? Rocket it's basically soccer, but with... So you're they in a look, massive they, soccer yeah, arena. It's, it's an arena. It's like a dome of sorts. And you I have... They're like RC car-sized cars and a yeah. giant soccer ball, and, and you're just trying to score goals. You control one of the cars, and basically you're playing soccer with the cars. Massive ball. You're, you're playing by yourself, or are you on a team? You're on a team you're on of a team. three. Or two. Or two. Mostly three. Mode game, and mode just to, to be clear, this is a video game. There isn't actually a giant soccer no. stadium where you play soccer with cars. This is I indeed would, a video game. I would love to see this in real life. <laughs> would it shock you if they were... No. It, would it be? I I don't mean I don't to like keep pull, jumping on this, but I almost feel like it'd be Fortnite. Like, hmm. the thing with quote unquote esports is it needs to be like I don't know Fortnite. It's one person, like it's you versus a bunch of other people. At least with this, it's a game. There's a time limit. It's easily yeah. scored, so to speak. Yeah. With Fortnite, you have to play a ton of games to get someone who is definitively the best. I mean, you got to play dozens of games. It's fair. It's like baseball. I mean, Fortnite or excuse me, Rocket League would be a good one. I like Rocket League. It's fun. To, what what is Rocket League on? All consoles. Anything? PS4? No, I Xbox, mean Xbox, PC. Is it a league that is being televised? No. Oh, no. I thought that was the, it's called the game. Uh, you know come to think of it i can see the confusion that fitz would have because yeah. it doesn't have anything to do with rockets there, there is are no... rockets on the okay. cars okay <laughs> you can literally launch yes. yourself okay. with a rocket okay i understand that what i'm saying is when you cars. think rocket league you think rockets not soccer in cars you have a rocket strapped on to your car and you boost yourself yeah it's great God, this is stupid. It's it, it's harder to explain than it is to show you. We have That's Rocket League on that one, don't we? Yeah. yeah we can play Rocket League. We can show you later. I feel better about my gardening every day. <laughs> Wah. Mm. From KSU Cat 80, another question like this. Are eSports really sports? Mm. No. I don't think so. I don't think so. I uh, They're competition. 
spelling bees are competition, poker's competition, but that doesn't make it a sport. You're not exerting any physical energy except your thumbs. I mean, you know, you gotta you gotta be able to. I don't want to. It falls into the gray area of like competitions, yeah, that don't have any sort of athletic physical ability. And I feel like that is what qualifies a sport as a sport. But yes, you have to have physical ability to golf. Golf is absolutely a sport. Bowling. Shut the heck up. Yeah, you have, yeah, bowling's a sport. Yeah. But uh, don't you have to have hand-eye coordination for Rocket League? I would argue it's not so much hand-eye coordination in bowling, but a lot of it is, I mean, strength. Spin. Yeah. There's physical skill more than just, you can't just mash a button and be good at bowling. Yeah. What if there was a competitive gardening league? Would I be able to play? Sure. How would that work? It's not can a you sport. explain it? Can you explain it? Like we'll who see. can plant more flowers but without getting heat stroke? Like, <laughs> I lose. <laughs> just I don't know. I'm just curious. I, I think they're they're impressive, don't get me wrong. There will be a time when something will catch on and people will enjoy watching it. I'm just not sure we're there yet. I think the reality has to become very immersive where different people take on different characters I think it'll be more less sport and more drama you know esports yeah I'm not even talking esports I'm talking e-entertainment like uh, what was the western one uh, that just came out um, not just came out but recently the the really Red Dead? Red Dead. Yeah, okay. Uh, I thought that's where you were going. I can but I... see a realm like that that is very realistic where different people take on different characters and you don't know where the storyline's going because you don't know how each character controlled by a human will interact. God, that would be so, so boring like, to the watch. The Sims? I don't know. To watch? Boring. Maybe to play it'd be fun. To watch? Like, I love Madden. Don't get me wrong. But when I turn on the TV and two guys are playing Madden, I have... Zero interest right. in watching two other people play. So, like, it could be my favorite game in the world. And if I'm not involved in playing, I don't care to watch. Stuff like that is hard to watch. I mean, it's okay. Like, if it's elite competition, it's, you know, the finals of, like, the greatest Madden tournament ever, maybe. But, like, the thing with Fortnite, it's easily watchable. It's One, it's an easily playable game. But someone being very good at it and... Being able to appreciate the ability is kind of what makes the watchability, it puts it there, how I see it. Yeah. If, if there is an eSport, I think it, it'll be some combat-related um, where it's me and you going at it with our, online, you know, our, with our avatars. I mean, Virtual reality. I'm going to get it soon. <laughs> I I agree. I think that's what I'm talking about. I think a virtual reality realm, you could either have it as competition or just an ongoing drama where people get killed off, people get screwed over. I think people would watch that if it, if it was well done and really the graphics were incredible. VR scares the hell out of me. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I've put them on before, those little like walk through the, the room or whatever and... There will be people, this this will lead to a psychosis of people that want to only exist in virtual reality. And yeah. they will literally want to be shut down and, and just live in a VR world. 
I'm sure that people are there. It's crazy. Because they don't like who they are, but in VR, they can be someone different. They could be Riley Gates. Of course. I'm just a sports writer. <laughs> <laughs> From TMAX77. This is definitely new, right? Yeah, I mean, he's been around. He doesn't have very many posts, but I don't think he's ever been on a podcast. Well, welcome to the podcast. He's been around since we started here, well, though. Thanks Yo, for man. subscribing. Welcome, TMAX. Thank you for asking a question. What are your thoughts with the Big 12 standing pat with bowl alignment while the ACC went to 11? I'm not happy. Well, I don't know that they need more bowls. Yeah, it's about just changing them. Yeah. It's so worn a, out. You need to re- freshen up the menu once in a while. If you're a restaurant or your conference with bowls, just freshen up that menu. Even McDonald's freshens up their menu, guys. Like, <laughs> come on. I don't want to keep going to the damn cheese at bowl. Just like because you put a new name on a bowl doesn't make it a new bowl. <laughs> you stay playing the same place, run by the same people. And just because you played it in one stadium in the same metropolitan area the last <laughs> year and you move it to a different one doesn't make it a new bowl. I was going to say that I, I kind of like these conferences that share bowls. You know, like... Uh, Big, Big Ten, Ten and SEC. Right. Yeah. They share a bowl that one team will go, you know, and the other team, like, I think the Vegas Bowl's that way, isn't it? Not Big, Big Ten SEC, the new one. Well, will be Pac-12 against either or. May, maybe that's the case. I kind of like be. that, but that means K-State will never play in that bowl. And, you know, I mean, they're, they're either oaring because they want, you know, a, a name program from either conference. And, and they're going to pluck whatever's best. Now, I'm not saying the Big 12 needed to be in the Rose Bowl. Like, the Rose Bowl should always stay what it is. Bowls like that. But, like, why can't K-State be – now I have no examples. Um, Do you mean K-State or the Big 12? Well, yeah, the Big 12. Whatever. Well, I think the bowl that I, I think is most attainable, makes the most sense, is, is getting into the Music City Bowl. Yeah. But yeah. they're probably content with Big Ten SEC. I believe that's what it is because mm-hmm. it's right in between the two. What's the one in Detroit? Played at Fort Field. The Little, the Caesars, Little Caesar's Pizza Bowl? Bowl. Okay, like, I'm not saying that's a good bowl that you should strive to play in, but, like, why can't the Big 12 be a part of that? Never been there. Nobody's ever been to Fort Field for a bowl game. I would not want that bowl game, but I get your point. I'd like yeah. to go to Detroit. I, I'll put it this way. I'm not happy they stood pat, but I feel like they still have uh, some forgiveness in my heart for getting rid of the pinstripe bowl. As long as you don't go ever go back to the pinstripe bowl, stand pat. Next time, you better be shuffling your cards. Well, what I was going to say is they need to branch out from what they've done. They need to go other places. And I appreciate the fact that they tried going to the pinstripe bowl. I agree with that. It wasn't a – was it snowy and miserable? Yes. But at least it was something different. Yeah. Anything, man. I, they just – the whole bowl system is stale to me. This this whole thing is stale to me just because there's only so many bowls that count. Now with the, you know, the playoffs, just go to eight and just – there's no tradition left with the bowls. Sure, the Rose Bowl, you know, you've got Big Ten, Pac-12. I get it. Fine. Two out of every three years now. Yeah. But come on, man. It's, it's just kind of stale. I, I wish there was – Different bowls in different spots. Um, it just doesn't work that way, though. You got to have a committee in your hometown. I mean, you couldn't have a bowl that traveled. 
like the national playoff. That'd be kind of cool, but it's not feasible. I'm not happy about it in overall because I know that a program like K-State is going to end up back in Phoenix as a, at the Little Brother Bowl. Yeah. Are they moving it back to Tempe this year, or is it still another year before they move it? I, I, I think it's another year. I don't know. I don't think – maybe they're complete. Those renovations? Yeah. I'm not sure. It was like we were setting up our apartment, and I was going through looking for a uh, – Spatula. Power power strip. Thank you, Lord. Looking for a power strip. And I found the cactus bowl. Oh, yeah. Bowl gift, right? Uh-huh. So I'll plug it in. Great. Well, first off, when you take the little plug-in to plug it. it in, the tabs don't allow you to put it into the wall because there's tabs that stick out. So you can't get it in the wall. Even if you could get it in the wall. I use mine. The power strip only has two outlets. And then two USBs. So it's not really a power strip. It's just something convenient maybe to put in your bedroom. And I said, I, I said, this was our bowl gift. <laughs> they said, that was a bowl gift? And I was like, yeah, I'm sure the Fiesta Bowl got something better. And we were at the same exact place picking up our bowl gifts at the same exact spot. And we got a janky power strip. It's okay, man. I'm not saying we need a gift. I'm saying if you're going to give a gift... Yes. We could not find anyone to take the Texas-shaped cutting board from the Texas Bowl. Now, that's not true. I have mine in my apartment. I have not used it ever. No. No, that was a strange one. That's better than the glasses we got from the Liberty Bowl. <laughs> were they just plastic? No, they were glass. I broke one. Oh, glass. Sorry. I thought you meant, like, eyeglasses. No. We you still, can understand the confusion. We still use them at the Fitzgerald household. They look Co- very, they're very 90s or 80s. Yes, they are. But they make delicious cocktail holders. Fair enough. From Wildcat Pilot 88, whatever happened to the lynch mob name and will it ever come back? Nah, it's think, definitely not going to come back in 2019, that's yeah, for sure. Yeah, political correctness ate that one up. But, you know, the, the, the thing about it is it, you know, people immediately assign lynch mob to racist-based lynchings, and that's not ever was the intent. It was an Old West thing. In fact, African-American players came up with the name. But, yeah, it's just it's not. I mean, they get away with the mob or something. But I don't know when it went away. I mean, they just early sucked 2000s. The defense. It yeah. went away when the defense went away. <laughs> lynch mob got a sack. Well, you're down 30, and they have 600 yards, so maybe pick it up. You're the worst mob ever. I wish the hand signal came back. Yeah. I still don't understand it. They could use that. It's too complicated. It's not. It's just Josh Buell retired it. That is true. I don't know if I ever want to see another person. I feel like somebody did, though. Did Trey Walker throw it up once? It's been thrown Arthur Brown. Somebody did. Oh. Trade to Sean. Please bring it back. <laughs> He's got the belly rub. Oh, that's you make a you make a good point. Don't get rid of that, Trey. Keep that. How about like Walter Neal <laughs> starts throwing up the lynch mob? All you could see is the hand the hand signals. You couldn't see his whole body because the camera would be <laughs> wouldn't get it all in frame. The guy named Peanut just white badass. <laughs> Like I've always done. I, I throw that hand signal up after. I feel like if Wyatt Ebert did the lynch mob, they could be like, why'd you bring the lynch mob back? And be like, because I wanted to. And you'd be like, all right, sounds good. <laughs> it's back. <laughs> uh, from Jay Boland 08 if you had to choose another college town to live in outside of Manhattan, what would it be? It's a good question. Baton Rouge. 
Is, that's not a... I mean, it is, but it's the capital city of, it's like going, it's like saying, I want to live in Topeka. It's got Washburn. Okay, it's a college town. If you would like to live in Topeka, uh, that can be your college town. <laughs> okay. I'm, I'm, you I know, apologize I'm to that, everybody that lives in Topeka. And that eliminates Austin too. Oh, oh, yeah. Man. I mean, Austin, I'd say that's, that's a big that's city. That's a downtown though. city. Yeah. I'm going to go. So are we taking down, taking Las Vegas out then? Like, yeah. Yeah. So basically, you can go to Waco. Athens, Georgia. Oh, that's a good yeah. one. That's a good one. What's the capital of Georgia? Uh, Atlanta, isn't it? I thought it was Athens. Yes. No, Atlanta's the oh, capital oops. of Georgia. All right. It Mom should be I. Athens. It's Athens, yeah. man. I, can we do Nashville? No, that's a big that's city. Too big. People in Nashville don't even know Vanderbilt exists. <laughs> People that go to Vanderbilt don't know that Vanderbilt has a football program. <laughs> Weird place. Um, Clemson. Yeah. Piscataway. Oh, shoot me. <laughs> go to Delaware. Uh, I choose Delaware. Fayetteville would be all right. Yeah. Because... The lake in Arkansas is really That's cool. not bad. It's not bad. Also, I bet I bet Fayetteville. Plus, I we can hang out with Trey Biddy. I mean, if you can hang out with Trey Biddy, our friend that runs a 24-7 Arkansas site, that's probably a pretty good time. Trey's a guy that knows how to have a good time. Trust me, I know. I feel like you're complimenting him as if he's going to listen to our podcast. <laughs> well, we're clipping it now. <laughs> <laughs> Tweeting it out. Yeah. Um, you do Eugene, Corvallis. Not Corvallis, Eugene. Okay, I'm just. I, although I've heard Eugene's just bizarre. I mean, someone, someone told me Columbia, Missouri is actually a lot of fun. I would know. Look, Tyler Griever lied. Not Tyler Griever. I didn't listen to him. Okay, Chris Lilly lied. <laughs> <laughs> I have other friends that went to Missouri, not just the ones that end up at WIBW. Tom Martin lied. <laughs> Outside of hey. media, okay. Hey, uh, you know what? Uh, Boulder is not bad if you yeah. don't talk to the people. So many hippies, though. So so many, like, confrontational hippies. This is a new thing. Hippies were just always so laid back. Yeah, man, peace, love, and here's some weed. And Boulder, it's like, dude, I hate you. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He sounds depressed. What? Dude, I, I hate you. Are you, you okay, man? <laughs> I mean, Oh. When I got out of the car, one of the last times K-State played there, and the guy on his porch stoned out of his ring goes, hey, man, can you tell me what's in Kansas? And I'm, thankfully not you. <laughs> I mean, it's like, why? You're a hippie. Why are you angry? Fargo, North Dakota. <laughs> I bet you Fargo and uh, warm the warm month is fun. And now, I was, I was and City probably wouldn't be bad. Now for analysis on Fargo, we go to our... <laughs> Another analyst, Ross Uglum. Another uh, city slash college town. This one kind of bridges the gap. It's also a capital, but it is actually better known as the college town, Madison, Wisconsin. Actually, yeah. Uh, yeah. Wisconsin probably be nice until December. Well, no, until October. October. Yeah. It's fair. Yeah. One of those bigger ones. I, I remember when I visited a buddy who lived up there for a while, and they're. Um, their union had a a big German themed bar that had an outdoor patio around the lake because there's a big lake in the middle of town, and I'm like, wow, that's kind of cool. That'd be nice. The one month you get to use it. <laughs> <laughs> About West Lafayette, Indiana. 
I don't know anything about. I don't West know what's Lafayette. in Indiana. Do you even know what what's there? What school yeah, is there? Indi- or, no, no, no. That's Purdue. Yeah. Sorry, sorry. I don't know. That's a great question. I probably would pick Athens, Georgia. Morgantown, West Virginia, so I can eat the sandwich from Pamanti Brothers every single day of my life. I had a buddy in Pittsburgh, and he Snapchat at me one of those being made for him. I'm like, yeah. You don't like them? No. Oh, my God. All right. Here's the new rule. Fitz never goes to Morgantown ever again. Morgantown is a sneaky good town. If you spend time in Morgantown. That campus was beautiful. Is it because it's white? <laughs> what? You remember the Jesse Ertz tweet from the Texas oh, Bowl? Yeah. Where it's like, it's sneaky. He's sneaky quick or something. I thought oh. you meant only no. white people no. lived in Morgantown. That's not what I meant. It's like, that's a very racist thing to say. <laughs> it was a joke based on a Jesse Ertz tweet. <laughs> totally forgot about that. Yeah. One of those. I don't know. We listed like 90 of them, and he said pick one. Okay. Is that it? Mm-hmm. We got more? There's oh, more. Okay. I mean, we, we can name more college towns, or no, we can move on questions. with the questions. We just name college towns until people shut the podcast off. Yeah. <laughs> From Adam K 63 is a cinnamon roll a donut? You literally just no. described what it is. It's a cinnamon roll. It's a roll. Adam, it's a roll. <laughs> That's... You... <laughs> You answered the question in the first three words. But if you take two cinnamon rolls and put a hot dog in between it and smash it together, is it a sandwich? <laughs> I don't know. Legitimately don't know. Do you like cinnamon rolls? Uh, Yeah. From Mrs. Pals, yes. I feel like... If they're homemade, not particularly. What the hell is wrong with you? I would rather have a store-made cinnamon roll than a homemade cinnamon roll. Mrs. Powell's cinnamon rolls are the best. They're pretty good. Pretty good. But I feel like I like cinnamon rolls mostly because it's a transporter of icing. <laughs> I'd rather eat cake. It's a way for Fitz to, to not feel like he's just straight up eating <laughs> icing only. Yeah, exactly. Well, I had some cinnamon. That's good for you, isn't it? I know it's the most cliche Kansas thing, but dipping cinnamon rolls in chili is so delicious. It's so What? Yeah, you've, never... you've never heard of that? It's weird. It's I'm, weird Kansas. Thing. I've never, I guess I've never heard of dipping it in. I've yeah, you cinnamon, cinnamon rolls and chili together, but never. You take it and you oh. dip it in and you eat it and it's delicious. It is. It makes zero sense why it's good. I guess it would make sense because cinnamon in, in a recipe can be good. So I guess I see it. I guess it makes more sense than putting chili over noodles in Cincinnati. That's freaking weird. Skyline chili. Sorry, I was trying to. It's basically spaghetti, but with chili. Yeah, spaghetti's gross. Move on. That's a bad take. Come on, Adam. Be better. From Exhausted Nihilist, let's keep the damn questions flowing. If your house... Slash, <laughs> I had to put that in there. <laughs> house slash apartment floods, what are the few things you might risk your life to save? My dogs. That's an easy one. <laughs> um, see, I only have physical uh, items. I don't have a family. I don't have eight. my dog. Hmm. That's a good question. I don't know about risk my life, but yeah. like things like am I guaranteed to live? Clothes, probably clothes, and then like things I collect that I can't replace. Define risk my life. So will I make it out? Let me set aside the flood. When a tornado warning is legitimate, and there's active tornadoes in the area, not just like we could possibly have a tornado. We sighted a funnel possibly <laughs> 17 miles to the southeast. Well, that doesn't affect us. Um, if there's actually legitimate tornadoes, I will get. I will actually put on different clothes, 
make sure I put on shoes, not flip-flops. Yep. I will grab my wallet, my phone, a charger, um, any, you know, anything I need, car keys, anything that I would need, and that all goes, and dogs, that all goes downstairs with me. I'll put it this way. There's not, there's, I'm not in the point in my life where I feel so connected to any item that I own other than what's really important to me is just, uh, I think what I'm trying to say is I'd save my phone. And <laughs> and those items you're going to instinctively grab. You're not going to like run out of your house and go, crap, forgot my wallet. No, like you've always got your wallet on you. You've always got your cell phone on you. You're not going to leave and go like, oh, shoot the dogs. <laughs> if you own dogs, you're going to get them. You just, it, it just happens. Well, I guess gotta risk our lives. But that question comes. Okay, there's a tornado coming. Couch. Okay, there's a tornado coming, and you're at the office. Ah, good question. I would drive home to make sure my dogs were in the basement. No, that's that's fair. I see. Probably drive home too. Just. I I think I started thinking of a tornado like a fire. I've determined that this, this. Room and maybe the closet back here would be our tornado area. I think you'd be trapped. Yeah. I mean, yeah, but you're most likely to live. Either that or the men's restroom. As long pee. as I get to hang on to the toilet. At least we could pee. Yeah. I'd hold on to the sink. There you go. Zach, on the floor. <laughs> Zach gets the, the... little plastic table. <laughs> <laughs> Where'd Zach go? I have no idea, but I'm holding on to the toilet. Last question of the podcast from Exhaust Analysis again. And to finish this damn conversation, that's D-A-M. D-A-M. Okay. <laughs> uh, what form of entertainment would you indulge in to make the flooded hours pass by quickly until the waters receded? <laughs> Go to Tanner's at Hilo and have some beers. <laughs> I mean, honestly, it's either I'd go to a bar and eat and drink, or I would go home to Beloit and live there for a few days, figure it out. I mean, if you took this question quite literally, and you're, like, right next to the water, and you need to wait before you can go home, <laughs> hope that you're near some rocks that are good skipping rocks. <laughs> That's what I'd do. <laughs> I don't know what I would do. I'd have to have electricity, which I probably wouldn't. Skipping rocks. Exactly. All of a sudden, we went 19th century on our asses. I don't know what to do in the 19th century. <laughs> I hope my toilet paper stayed dry. Uh, I'm not going to deal with life without toilet paper. If the apocalypse ever comes, be it flood or tornado, and we no longer have toilet paper, I'm just going to lay down and die. I just hope the Hilo has a spot for lunch if we get flooded. <laughs> I, I have a feeling if we have flooding, Aggieville's in trouble. Uh, well, I'll risk it there. Since we had flooding just from heavy rains. What would I risk my life for? A slice of mac and cheese pizza. That's it for the Power Camp Podcast. We are sponsored by Fridge Wholesale Liquor. We are now going to the high-low to have mac and cheese pizza. If you haven't had it, you're missing out on life. We appreciate you listening. We'll be back next week. Maybe. Probably. Why not? You oh, guys- we got to do it early. I'm going to California. Oh, I'm going to California. PowerCat Podcast. All rights reserved. GoPowerCat.com and Spirit Street Publishing.